think I forgot? I didn't forget. You asked for something special, and I got it. Come over here. How often can I offer a customer something really fantastic? Look. Zombie takeout, Miss Cheryl. Zombie takeout like you never heard before. Welcome to episode 498 of Zombie, Zombie Takeout, the B-Movie and Cult Movie Show. I'm John. And hello, I'm Scotto. And before we get to this week's movie, which you've probably already guessed, yeah. we have a voicemail from Bodo in reference to this week's movie. So I agree. Kind of realistic when you look at 2022, besides 40 million people aren't living in New York. Question for you. Snowpiercer is about a frozen earth. Soy and grains about global warming. One, you end up eating people. The other one, you end up eating roaches. Which way would you rather go if you had your choice? Either eat the roach bar or the human bar. Love the show. Peace. Uh, thanks, Bodo. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so both are kind of problematic for me, but I think I have to pick the roaches. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't eat people. No. no. <laughs> I just can't. And, of course, that brings us to this week's movie, which is from 1973, Soylent Green, of course, and, of course, the impromptu pot summary, sponsored by Soylent Green. Remember, Tuesday is Soylent Green Day. And you'll have the time of your life. Uh, also brought to you by people. People who eat people, you know, they're the luckiest people in the world. Just a quick interjection before we get to the pot summary. Um, before the show, we go over, you know, our intros and, and titles and all of that. And we talk about our sponsors. I think for the first time in the 13 years we've been doing zombie takeout, <laughs> I applauded that joke. <laughs> like actually. Clapped. Uh, uh, it's so bad, but you know, Perfect. I would have, uh, I would have told, uh, the, the joke for what I learned, but uh, I didn't want to cannibalize the, uh, uh-huh. the bits, you know? I'm pushing my luck now, aren't I? Yeah. Anyway, that's what uh, you do. So, did you um, see Seth Green today with you know the the five repeats on the callback? Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. I, I, you know, we should be careful not to spoil the ending. Seth Meyer, I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. That was everybody. your other title, was spoiler alert. If you you don't know how this ends. I, I don't know what to tell you because it's like one of the most famous lines in cinematic history. Quick explanation of that joke that I completely botched. Seth Meyer yeah. did this gag where he called back the same joke like five times in the monologue. Oh, that's I call that a Tuesday. <laughs> that's Exactly. I thought of you when he did it. I mean, if it's not funny the first time, mm-hmm. it's hilarious by the time you get to like the sixth or seventh or eighth time. Mm-hmm. All right. So on to this really depressing, <laughs> because uh, honestly, we've done so many of these and we're doing this, of course, because it takes place in the year 2022. Last week, we could get away with that. Right. We we you, we would do that at the beginning of each year in, in the past, but this one somehow slipped by us. And I saw there was like a meme of different sci-fi movies done in different years. Mm-hmm. And, 
I don't know how many times I saw it where they said that you are here, <laughs> Soylent Green. And I'm like, oh, well, that's something. And we've seen so many of these where we've done it in the year, we've done it, and it was just ridiculous. Yeah. I think this one may have come as close <laughs> as you can get. In some ways, yeah. Um, A lot of ways, dude. This is scary. But anyway. Incidentally, I was talking about this with Brie last night. Because uh, I mentioned we were doing Silent Green because it was set in 2022. She brought up the Jetsons. Set in 2062. A hundred years after it was made. Yeah. We're dangerously close to the Jetsons. Oh, of course. Which yeah. The one thing you never expected to nail it. <laughs> yeah. So we have the uh, we have the year 2022. Um, the They're talking about the greenhouse effect, <laughs> which I mean, this is made in 73. You know, I meant to look up when that phrase actually was originated, mm-hmm. but uh, I, it must have been in the novel from 66 also. This is actually very different from the novel. I read the pop oh, summary. It? Um, the setup is kind of similar. The whole big twist at the end, not in the book. But they're really. Nope. That was just That's... the movie. That's not the solution that they came up with in the uh, in the book, huh? That was no. just the movie. Wow. So the book focuses more on the murder and and the various plots that come out of that. That sounds insanely dull. Anyway, the movie kind of forgets the murder. <laughs> well, yeah, it does. the 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 murder is just a vehicle to get to mm-hmm. the actual mystery in the film. Yeah. Because, I mean, think about it. How many murder mysteries are there? Oh, yeah. But this, this, uh, this goes to make a statement, man. Mm. <laughs> they, um, so we're in the, in the, well, the future, which is now. And um, the, the world is overpopulated. They got the number wrong, of course. It's mm. like way higher than, like twice, double the population than, than what we have. But. Um, should have suggested. I mean, you had the perfect title, but I should have suggested uh, based on a bad religion song, ten twenty ten. <laughs> but uh, we have uh, the rationing of, of drinking water. Uh, so just all the things that we pretty much have to look forward to over the next ten to twenty years. Honestly, mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a housing crisis that is so bad that people are sleeping in the stairwells. Uh, when he first it, around his apartment, when he he has to like jump over them, and you're kind of wondering, well, why doesn't he chase them away? Instead, when he shows up to another stair, another person's place, there's a dude sitting with a gun in the stairwell, and he asks that guy, "Hey, I'm here to see so and so," meaning that those people are renting that mm-hmm. spot on the stairs. Yeah. They belong there. That's the housing crisis that they've predicted here. And we're not far off from that and shit. And these are outdoor fire escape stairs. Are they? At one point, I thought they were. Yeah, that's that's true. There were people sleeping at fire escape stairs, too. But there were also you know, mm-hmm. interior yeah. stairwells out of his apartment. So we have this detective who's... Um, I think he was living with this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, Heston the, the, and Robinson. Yeah. Who Hes- Bodo, in another voicemail, pointed out were in the Ten Commandments together. Yeah, this is like their third movie together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, it's Robinson's last yeah. 
I'm sure you got the trivia of that later. Um, no, actually, it, it was his last film. He didn't, and as Bodo pointed out in that voicemail, didn't even live to see the premiere. Right. Uh, it was after he did that suicide scene in this, mm-hmm. which I haven't gotten to the plot summary. Mm-hmm. He he passed away like within two weeks of that. Oh wow! That was the last thing he ever filmed was that <laughs> that scene. Wow. So. We have this detective, he's living with this guy, they're kind of ambiguous about their relationship, but not ambiguous about their relationship. Mm. <laughs> uh, as ambiguous as they could, or as straightforward as they could be in 1973, yeah. right. um, for like a mainstream, you know, movie. Mm. And, um, well, this, uh, this big rich person has been murdered, and, uh, it's odd because when he's murdered, he's um, he's just like, all right, you do what you got to do. <laughs> like, like there's no fight or anything. He's just kind of like a, yeah, I, I can't blame you. Just, just do it, man. <laughs> You're just kind of like, well, well, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, but he had a secret, and uh, everybody that learned the secret was just, ah, oh, fuck this. <laughs> I'm checking out, man, and just completely disconnected from life. They they pretty much lost their mind, whoever learned the secret that he knew. And of course, if you didn't know what the secret was, I can imagine this movie had to have been so fucking tense. But we, of course, know because, I mean, it's just pop culture. And the, the secret is that there's this uh, food supplements that they've been, that people have been eating all this time. Uh, first, it started out just with these tablets made of soybeans. Um, I think some of them lentils, hence the soy lent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they came out with this new one, soy lent green made from, but they claim to be the plankton from the ocean. And it's uh, it's quite popular. People love it. People fight each other for it, uh, for their ration share. And um, well, it looks kind of plasticky. Yes, any type of food is. There's no pleasure in in anything. Mm-hmm. There's no nature. There's nothing in the year 2022. And probably uh, processed foods can be pretty pleasurable. <laughs> of course, yeah. But in this. In this movie, that there is no pleasure, there is no art. There's needless to say, I'm not one of those healthy vegetarians. <laughs> and of course, the first part of the secret is we killed the oceans. Mm-hmm. The the oceans are just about dead, which is kind of like, ha ha, yeah, glad that's not happening to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, since there isn't much plankton left. They had the one thing that they did have an abundance of resource, and that is, of course, people. I was going to have corpses. <laughs> and so... It's as long yeah. as they're people, you're going to have corpses. Yeah. So, people that, uh, you know, anyone that learned this was just, yeah, fuck this. And, uh, well, except for our hero, he uh, hmm. he goes to get proof which uh, apparently in this 2022, there are no recording devices handy. Yeah. He just goes and observes himself and, uh, and goes, but, but of course he has the, uh, the government who is trying to keep this little secret, still secret 
because how will they feed keep the population alive if they don't feed them other people hmm. and maybe you're just better off not knowing what's in that big mac or hot dog anyway am i right guys I mean, in general yes uh, and um there's a thing called scrapple i read i ate it a lot as a kid i read the ingredients when i got older and never and this is long before i went vegetarian i, I stopped touching it i've eaten a lot of questionable meats mm. uh, the red pudding the white pudding uh sausages and whatnot but i would not i don't do scrapple it just does not look appealing at all and i'd say hilarity ensues but it just makes you think of how sad things are and can be and will be (laughs) the screenplay is based on harry harrison's novel make room make room from 66 which is set in the year 1999 with the theme of overpopulation and overuse of resources leading to increased poverty food shortages and social disorder Harrison was contractually denied control over the screenplay and was not told during negotiations that MGM was buying the film rights. Wow. Seems like and somebody that, should have sued there. Um, they could not use the name Make Room, Make Room because it, the, of sounded, the old show. Make Room that? for Daddy. It sounded Make so Room for like Daddy yeah. actually had a, a sequel, a spinoff that premiered the year before they were doing this but didn't last make room for granddaddy Hmm. so it would have been too confusing he discussed the adaptation uh in omni screens fights uh slash screen fantasies in 84 noting the murder and chase sequences and the furniture girls are not what the film is about and are completely irrelevant and answered his own question am i pleased with the film i'd say 50 percent while the (laughs) book refers to soylent steaks made from soy and lentil hence soylent it makes no reference to Silent Green, the processed food ration depicted in the film. The book's title was not... And then just goes on to point out the make room for daddy thing. So, the furniture thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all problematic, but it's supposed to be problematic. You know, that's the, I that's know the point of this. That that whole thing is a, it is an indictment of the, the way that women are viewed in society in general. And frankly, still accurate. But the way it's done is just icky in a particularly 70s way. Oh, yeah. They they revel in it just a little too much. <laughs> and a lot of this movie just screams 70s in a bad way. But think about it. This is like right when the women's liberation movement is going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, it's it, it kind of, you know, it's like a Handmaiden's Tale sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Only it's long before The Handmaiden's Tale. Right. But it, it kind of, it's predicting the same direction. Right. Um, I was very surprised by Robinson. Um, I mostly know him as the mobster guy. Yeah. He was a revelation in this. I wish the plot had followed Saul instead of um, Heston's character. Heston, I mean, is an odd choice for this uh <laughs> for this character i think you know but i mean he is the tough guy detective still mm. the fights I just with, don't know. the fights with connors were just hilariously uh bad <laughs> is is chuck connors uh willem defoe's illegitimate dad <laughs> come I'm, on 
did they not look like yeah. <laughs> I'm like, am I watching Willem Dafoe and Charlton Heston fight here? I'm tempted to say the contrast between the haves and have nots was unrealistic, but we've yeah. we've learned better. Um Right. I did like the le- the line beef like you've never seen before. Um <laughs> Because apparently beef is outlawed at in this point, and, and someone had an actual real beef steak and was showing it to this rich woman, and he said that line. Well, you don't even realize she's furniture until... Oh, yeah, that's true. She's not rich. That she's point. furniture. You think she's yeah. a, a wealthy woman, and then you know, they reveal mm. the whole women right. are just you know property with the, uh, with the apartment mm. or whatever. I don't remember. I think you were there. We we watched this at a party back in college. Were you there? No, for that? I didn't see. I wasn't there for that. It was a little after your time, I guess. Um, all I remembered was, of course, the big reveal and the furniture thing. Like, the rest of it was totally forgotten. Yeah, the furniture thing I had never heard of before. So that was like a what? <laughs> that was a very big surprise. <laughs> And I love how 70s sci-fi didn't think computers would get any smaller. <laughs> hey, they they had a home video game in yeah, 73. True. Think about how ahead that was. I mean, that the guy that designed that actually went on to like do Atari. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when, it was an actual video game maker. I think Pong was like a 60s. Came out in like the very tail end of the 60s. Uh Hmm. I, only for I, you know, what? I just saw something on that too, like a History Channel thing of the video games, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I thought it was around the same time, huh. like seventy-two. But the problem with this being, as you've pointed out, the most one of the most spoiled movies in history, I think. Yeah, it's up there with Empire Strikes Back. I think they're kind of <laughs> neck and neck. Well, what happens in Empire Strikes Back? I haven't seen it yet. Um, the, the Knowing that ending kind of made me not care about the murder mystery. Well, right. Yeah. Like I said, the murder mystery is... Uh, they kind of... They tell you pretty much who does the murder. Mm-hmm. Like, right there. There's no mystery. It's higher up people. The, the one thing you kind of get annoyed with is Charlton Heston's character is Thorne, who doesn't get... Well, if people higher up are telling you to stop doing this, and you know people higher up are the ones that killed him, why are you still bothering the bodyguard? Because he's just a pawn, you know? You think he's going to give up these powerful people to you? Like, you're the one that's in danger in the end. Speaking of Thorne, why was he in one scene using a throw pillow that looked like a giant spider? I don't know. Maybe what? only the arachnophobe caught that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Was there a pillow that looked like a spider? I forget. I was did... that when he emptied it out and, and like put the bourbon in? No, it was. He was just kind of put, resting his head on it. In one scene of you know arachnophobe, so I noticed it. Um, <laughs> I did like the scene of Thorne and Saul, Robinson's character, eating lettuce like it's caviar. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, a really poignant scene, you know, because... It's a damn shame Robinson got typecast, because I loved him in this. He bought yes, a brain. Definitely. He, 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 he makes this. I'm not sure, like, what exactly it is he does, mm. <laughs> but he makes this. <laughs> 
And I love that there's now actually a company called Soylent. Yes. Who make a meal replacement drink. It's uh, made up of people. It's a company made up of people, I believe. Oh, it's a company, yes. Yeah. Also liked the line, if I had the money, I'd smoke two or three of these a day, referring to cigarettes. <laughs> As someone who smoked for 20 years, if you had the money, you'd smoke a hell of a lot more than two or three a day. <laughs> yeah, you, you smoke as many as you can get your hands on and have time for. Uh-huh. But overall, it's kind of this derivative cop drama with this skin of science fiction. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lot like Alienation. Like yeah. Alienation seemed to take take a lot from it, where they just took the standard buddy cop story. Although, how standard is that in '73? I mean, I guess you had your mm. Starsky and Hutch yeah. and whatnot. I, I feel like that started in the very tail end of the '60s, early '70s. Probably. So it was an early iteration of the idea, true. But um, to set it in this time period, which I mean is now. <laughs> But it's it's the cop drama where there's the sketchy corporation leading to that's you know doing some kind of massive horrible inhumanity. We've seen the story. I think we saw the story before this. Huh. I wonder. I wonder when that originated. Like when you know they just turned it sci-fi and gave it a cannibalism twist. When did you think that began? I don't know. Actually, maybe this wasn't. Maybe this was an early version of it. Because the the way I'm thinking, you know, hmm. that the government cracked down or, or would censor things that were too true Up anti-government, the 60s, yeah, and to like, you know, mm-hmm. for them to just go out and like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's the government and the corporations true, together. True. Well, a lot of those codes really relaxed in kind of the mid '60s, mid to yeah. late '60s, kind of like the comic code. Yeah. Incidentally. I uh, I was writing that out in my notes, and I used the word uh, inhumane profiteering, the corporate government thing. And I accidentally spelled it P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Oh. And that should be a thing, profiteering with that version of profit. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta wonder why the cops were wearing football helmets. Well, yeah. I mean, it is just a take on Rai Gear. I'm sure it was just a cheap prop. Yeah. That that was a little distracting, some of the costume choices. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the refugees are just... Or, refugees. The poor people are just dressed like World War II refugees, kind of. Yeah. Um, I think maybe they were going for a Middle Eastern look because everything was so hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somebody shoots at him. He takes his helmet off. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I kind that, of dude? feel like, you know, Heston thought, you know, this is my scene. This is my moment. I don't want my face obstructed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just a couple of absurd Charlton Heston things mm-hmm. in there. That was one of the other one was uh, Ninja Heston sneaking through the plant. Okay. But before then, the scoop scene was unintentionally hilarious. These earth movers that are scooping up people and throwing them into these pickup trucks. Right. Or, or dump trucks, I should say. Why wouldn't any of them get out? Like, why were they all stuck in the truck once mm-hmm. they got in? I didn't understand that. And it was just this hilarious, like, stop motion thing. Yeah. In the awkward fight between Hester and Connors, I just, I have to recall that out again. Because, like, Connors does this, like, flying kick. <laughs> 
It was just ridiculous. I don't understand. Also, mm. when if Saul really wanted Thorne to prove this, mm. why wouldn't he have told him first before killing himself? <laughs> plot. So much of this movie is just because plot. I gotta say, it's probably Dick Van Patten's most dramatic work. <laughs> oh, I thought uh, King Vespa was was very dramatic too. <laughs> Vic Van Patten plays this uh, technician and in the suicide scene. It, it's like assisted suicide becomes this like religious ritual. Very brave yeah. new world. Uh, I gotta admit, Cloud Atlas, and this is even the book, which I love. It's my favorite. But it totally ripped this off with Zone Me and the whole soap thing. Yeah. Mitchell totally borrowed this. Now, during the whole the suicide scene... They put him in this bed, you know, drug him, you know, give him this drug that's going to eventually kill him. And they put him in a room surrounded by these screens with these beautiful nature scenes, this amazing classical music. Wouldn't that just make you want to live? <laughs> um, I guess, you know, after what he found, well, I don't know. I, I was glad with the impression you can customize it, though, you know? Mm-hmm. But I get, you know, he didn't want to live anymore. He didn't want to live in this world where, where he was essentially forced to be accountable. But I would think that the, all of these, well, and then again, in this world, now, all of this beautiful nature and classical music makes you want to live. If you're in a future where that nature is gone, then, yeah, maybe it doesn't. Right. Because I was first wondering, you know, I th- first thought Charlton Heston was just crying because you know, he was losing Saul, but mm. when, as the scene goes on and it's like, you realize that's the first time he's ever seen those things. Uh, I mean, it's a shame they, they didn't realize there's going to be an internet and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, the escape from the factory, there was some good choreography there. Yeah. Um, although then they bring Connors back in. Um, that knife was very conveniently placed. The right, <laughs> and the whole sneaking out of the factory. Why wouldn't the driver behind the truck have noticed yeah. the dude climbing around the mm-hmm. truck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the probably the last absurd Charlton Heston moment I noticed in the movie. It had a lot of interesting things to say. And some of the execution was great, Robinson in particular, mm-hmm. but some of it was just so fucking silly. <laughs> I would say most of it was just too fucking silly. Well, isn't that the skit that Graham Chapman would come out and interrupt when they oh, were yeah, that's what I'm referencing. doing the cannibalist yeah. skit? <laughs> um, incidentally, yeah, they never solved the murder. They just forgot about it. Oh, I think they knew who did it, though. Yeah. I mean, but, it didn't really matter in the end. The guy mm-hmm. that did it got killed in the... Uh, oh, okay. I, I missed that part. He got. I think he's the guy that got killed in the whole scoop scene. Oh, okay. Because so, he was yeah. shooting at Heston. Right, right. And then he's the one that gets killed by the truck. The movie just had no tension in reference to the murder, so I kind of forgot about it by that point. Yeah. The murder wasn't important. That That's the whole thing, why it's not like a typical cop, you know... Mm. Buddy yeah. cop thing because the 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 mystery is kind of like just a it just leads to what's really going on behind right. the scenes. 
And Heston's parts are so fucking random. I, I just didn't even feel like they had a plot. And Robinson's scenes were all, where all of that was developing and they were fucking brilliant. Also, the cast. Mm. Um, there, there was a... Uh, oh, the one... One the the bodyguard's furniture. Oh. Did you recognize her? She did look familiar, and I'm kind of tempted to say Liz from Night Court. Liz from Night Court. Yeah. <laughs> Paula Kelly, if I recall correctly. Yes. Um. Yeah, I, I thought so. Um. Under brands. Uh, well, yeah, I guess you can't really do sequels and remakes, huh? Well, obviously, um, no sequels, because you know, it, it resolves very completely. And Honestly, the ending, um, I, it's one of the best parts, really, because mm-hmm. it leaves it up to you yeah. whether does Hatcher, you know, take him seriously? Right, yeah. He's, he's, you know, mortally wounded and being carried away, yelling, soiling, green his people. You got to stop him. You got to stop him. You got to bring someone over to the exchange. Yeah. Does, does Peters, you know, yeah, does it take him up on this? Does right. he send someone over to the exchange to, mm-hmm. uh, to do the right thing? Right. Or does he just say, well, they're kind of paying me and, uh, that's bad, but I'm just going to go about my business. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can tell which one I'd pick. (laughs) But, yeah, so I guess a sequel could work if you want to get into how they're taken down. But Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It would just be a big civil war, probably. Yeah, maybe. Because that's the thing with with the society that's in here, in Mm -hmm. this movie, is that without the internet, without something to pacify people, you'd pretty much have a, a revolution on your hands. Yeah, it's been kind of a double-edged sword in that sense, because it has helped some revolutions. Mm-hmm. Arab Spring and all that. Sure. Um, recently in Iran. Um, yeah. But also, it is a big, you know, idiot box. Yeah. You know, it, it can keep people occupied and, you know, mm-hmm. stimulate yeah. somewhat. Well, yeah, I won't go any further down that road. Um, (laughs) But a sequel could be interesting. A remake is completely pointless because everybody knows the ending. Yeah. On the brains. On the brains. Like I said, Robinson and his whole storyline brought it a brain. Beyond that, mm, I'm going three. I'm going five. This is, uh, I mean, just the, the fact that they got this close to 22... Um, I mean, we've seen so many other ones where it was comical how off they were. I'd say, you know, I mean, they might have been 10 to 20 years off, but man, holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, the great performances that, that were in this, right? some of the, the backing characters. Yeah. So what have we learned? <sighs> Maybe I shouldn't have passed up on those fully furnished apartments I kept hearing about. <laughs> This is God. I was going to hear this. Oh yeah, shit. I mean, yeah, totally okay with passing up on those oh. fully furnished apartments. And I learned that fake meat is murder. <laughs> and 
And that's it for Silent Green. Until next time, we'll be unveiling our best and worst of the year lists. Yes, we're there. We haven't really talked about it yet, but we're there. Yeah, we're stumbling to the finish line as usual. Mm-hmm. Probably pushed it too long, I think. <laughs> we wanted to get to 499 by the end of the year, and we pulled it off, assuming we record next week. Yes. And if we do, we'll be reviewing New Year's Evil. Until then, of course, always remember, never forget, wherever you go in life, there you are. There you are.